0: All right, guys, here we go. It is a special Memorial Weekend edition of the Northeast Podcast. We are going to break down Mission Impossible 5. Northeast rates returned, tons of news, hot wrecks, everything you need. Here we go, Northeast Podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing?
1: I am fantastic. Ha, ah, yeah, I bet you are. I'm doing pretty damn well. How are you, Eric? I am doing really well. It's
0: a nice, relaxing Long weekend. So hopefully everybody is enjoying their Memorial Day weekend and uh, spending some time with family and hopefully getting outside. And if you are a military family or a you know former military member or current military member, hopefully it's an extra special weekend for you. Right. Agreed. All right, guys, here we go. First up, give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordie's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week thanks yeah thanks and tune into our later in the week episode our sportscast i feel like on the sportscast we do a good job of telling people to tune into this episode but on our screencast we never really talk about our sportscast
1: that's because you do this one first and we don't even think about that we're never so in the thought. moment you know
0: that's that's my problem so i'm sorry everyone go check out our sportscast it's going to be great ryan's going to gloat a bunch about chelsea winning the champions league we're gonna yeah. nah, nah. Yeah. come on
2: <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna
0: talk all about uh the wild crumbling in game seven and uh you know a whole bunch of other news so check that out and uh here we go for this awesome screencast what beer Are you guys drinking?
1: All right, Eric, I believe we're having the same one because I ran over to your house quick to get two from you. I appreciate the uh, providing the beer. We're drinking Royal- Technically, technically you're borrowing the beer. So you'll return it later when you're done with it. Yeah, I plan to do that, although they may look different. All right, this is the Royal Squabble and they're calling it a gin barrel blended Kolsch with Meyer lemon, it's from Falling Knife. What do you think of this thing, dude? I like Kolsch's and uh yeah. the subtle Meyer
0: lemon in this is delicious. I'm not sure what I'm getting from the gin barrel yet. I'm gonna have to get back to you on that one. Um, but I think this is a super good beer.
1: Yeah. What it is a what is a what is a Meyer lemon? I think it's a variety of lemon that's usually a little sweeter. They're like sweet, they're used for baking and stuff, like when you actually gotta eat the the lemon. Um yeah, five point eight percent. I don't know, it's okay. I think I prefer just maybe a regular Kolsch better to the, to the than this. To be honest, whatever they did to it is a little weird, but we love falling knife. It's all good, Ryan. What you having?
2: I've been jealous of you guys getting a bunch of black stack, so um, I went out and was like, "I'm getting black stack," and then I got a little disappointed with what was available because I think a lot of the stuff is flying off the shelves because mm-hmm. people are loving it so much. But I end up, I did end up getting this the sponsored content pale ale. Um, which I think is just really good. Like if you want to give me this instead of like a summit EPA, I would drink this 99 times out of a hundred. I think it's just, it's a really good, nice, clean, easy drinking. Fantastic. This is like a great summer beer and inexpensive in the four pack. So I, I really like this. Beautiful.
0: All right, guys, it's time to move on to do we care? And there's only one place to start today. And that is with the biggest news of all Guy Fieri's three year, $80 million contract.
1: Get it. Get that cash. We're going to get so much Triple D. It's going to be unbelievable.
0: Three years, $80 million. Now, I will say that when we talked to uh, Kale, Rivers, and Kale and Aubrey. Sorry, Audrey. Aubrey. Audrey. Aubrey. From, Aubrey. Aubrey.
1: I'm sorry. Kale and Aubrey. Aubrey as in Drake's actual name. Yes, Aubrey.
0: Okay, from herbivorous butcher and now Herbie Butchers, um, they didn't have great things to say about him. Their experience wasn't great, and maybe he was just having a bad day, or maybe whatever. Um, but I would say that in the last few years, he's done a lot of really cool things: charity events, you know, supporting different groups of people. And supporting- he did the
2: he did the whole like uh, feeding the firefighters during the bad California wildfires. He set up a huge tent where he was cooking you know, mass amounts of food for any and all of the victims and all of the the people that were involved in trying to fight those fires. So
0: he did a lot of charity stuff through the pandemic to keep restaurants and restaurant workers afloat. So he must be a pretty cool guy. And he is getting paid uh, three years, 80 million with, is it with Food Network? Yep. Okay. I
1: didn't know a network could have that kind of money to throw around these days, but good for them.
0: I feel like Food Network's budget is about 85 million
1: yeah <laughs> right. five million we'll file that under miscellaneous and uh the 80 is earmarked for a guy fieri
0: five million for literally every other thing that they do and 89
2: well how many <laughs> okay, shows that's, that's, they have so many shows that they've tried and have failed but triple d has been around for going on like 30 seasons now it's not obviously been 30 years but 30 seasons of of the shows that they do so that it's doing something right if people and advertisers are still, you know, clamoring to get a hold of that. And actually, the guy's grocery games. I used to not like it. It's kind of fun. Like it's a, it's a, a inter- like it's a completely mindless cooking show. You know, chop takes itself very seriously, and you need to follow mm. the technique exactly. And if your shit's not al dente, you're fucking out. You're chopped. Right. But our guys grocery games they're like yeah we're going to give you this tiny little basket and that's the, the only ingredients you can have you know it's like it's it's so silly but it's actually kind of fun and he's a great personality um regardless of you know some of the stories that we've heard i think he's a good host of the show he makes it fun um he cares about the chefs and brings people back on when they when they lost and like we're going to give you a shot at redemption i don't know he's he's like 60% of the food network content um, during, you know, like primetime hours, you know, like evenings mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So I could totally see why he is worth, like he's their golden goose right now. Yeah. It's the
0: fifth greatest food show of all time.
1: Oh, you have him ranked. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Are
0: okay. you going to
2: IMDB it? Okay.
1: No,
0: no, no. I'm going to give you my personal rankings. Okay, go ahead. Okay. And I know what number one is and we agree on this. Diners, drive-ins and dives with Guy Pietti is number five. Okay. Number four is Hot Ones. Okay? All right. Love it. Number three is is Beating Bobby Filet. All right, fine. Number two is Top Chef. What? Yeah. And number one, the greatest eating show, food show of all time was Man Vs. Food.
1: (laughs) Adam. (laughs) Everyone liked Man Vs. Food. That show was unbelievable. I know you're fucking goofing around because you know and I know that Top Chef is perfection and no one is more obsessed with it at this point than you. Top Chef is actually the best food show of all time, but I just loved Man vs. Versus- well, that, okay, so if you're going to,
2: like, we don't need to get into this. We got a ton of stuff, but if you're going to categorize them as just food shows, sure. Top Chef is the best cooking show, mm-hmm. right? Because Adam Richman doesn't do any cooking in Man vs. Food. He just He's, consumes he just, obscene amounts of food.
0: Crazy amounts of food and
2: hits on everyone's girlfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He throws right, the well, arm right well, off the shoulder. Uh, real quick is um, another thing about Guy Fieri and and like Triple D is that a lot of his production team is from Minnesota. Oh. So that's why there are so many restaurants that kind of pop in on Triple D is because a lot of the people that are like his camera crew and producers and stuff live here. Okay. And so they're constantly like, hey, you got to come check out Andele's, you know, tacos or Manny's Tortas or Broder's Pasta Bar or, you know, Northbound Smokehouse who, where they've been to two times. So like anyway, like anyway, I think that's, that's a, it's a really cool true. thing. Is that the place in Duluth? Which one? Smoke Northbound house? Smokehouse. Yeah. No, that's in that's in South Minneapolis. Oh, I went to the
0: Smokehouse in Duluth again this week. Wow. But anyways, we got too much to go. We got to get moving. Let's go. Here Let's go. Let's go. Um, in a filed away as can't believe this is real. Uh, seems like a an onion headline. Kevin Spacey to have a new role in an Italian movie. Invest where he's an investigator who's investigating a man who is falsely accused of being a
2: pedophile.
1: Can you believe this? <laughs> the balls on this man.
2: <laughs> I mean, Eric, this is a, this is a literal, like if you go to the Reddit forum of like not the onion where Mm. they're like, this should be an onion headline, but it's not, this is a real headline. This is an all timer.
1: That's how he comes back to the game. Do you guys remember when he was first disgraced and it was all falling apart for him? And he kept doing these like homemade promos as the president from uh, house of cards and he it's was, like, weird mad and sweaty and was so strange. Do
0: you think that maybe, like, if he would have just been like, hey, I've done all this bad stuff, I feel terrible, I'm going to go get some help, then I'm going to come back as an advocate for people, like the people that I've harmed in my life, and I don't expect you to forgive me, but I hope that you... Allow me to take this journey and, you know, do as much as I can to help people and make sure that this kind of thing doesn't happen anymore. I'm pretty sure that people would have been over it at some point and it would have been mm-hmm. like, you know, he's a great champion for a cause. And, you know, he did some terrible stuff, but
2: we want the redemption story because we like that. Instead, I think the a
0: total yeah. fucking
2: creep. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the, like, you, you just described, like, Michael Vick, right? Did some horrible shit with dogs, came out. And was like, I'm going to be an advocate for the American Humane Society. He does. He still does speaking events all the time for them. I always see those headlines pop up. Um, Owned it. Served his time.
1: Served his prison time.
2: Leaned into it and then like tried to do right, you know, eventually. Instead, Kevin Spacey's like, I'm going to double down on the fact (laughs) that I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm going to play a guy who's trying to save someone who's been falsely accused, even though I'm full of shit. Dude, Which he pretty much came out and he's
1: like, Fuck these kids.
0: Yeah.
2: Again. That's the problem.
0: All right. Let's go into some good news. Wandavision's writer Jack Schaefer has signed a three year deal with Disney.
1: Yeah, this is great. Dude, I think that Wandavision was was really, really good because of the interesting writing. Don't you guys think? The writing and the I mean, It was well filmed and we had some good performances and some of uh, the effects were fine, but I think it was really just like a really well written, interesting mystery show.
0: Yes. And Elizabeth Olsen was
1: just like breathtaking. She killed it she killed it, but she had a lot, she has some nice things to work with. Um, so we're excited, we're excited for this. I mean, this woman is hella talented. She is going to have this three year deal where she's going to write for Disney plus she's going to write for, um, like 20th century, which is also owned by Disney. So she'll do big movies, she'll do TV shows, whatever. They're keeping the talent in-house. It's good news.
2: And not only was she the writer, she was also an executive producer as well. So yeah, she's, she absolutely, she's absolutely knows how to how to execute these things as well. So
1: Yep. So it's good
2: news. We care.
0: Um, speaking about keeping talent in-house, Robert Pattinson signs a first-look overall deal with Warner and HBO. Does this mean anything to you guys?
1: Well, I guess I don't know what he's produced or directed in the past. I mean, I know that he is—he's definitely got chops as an actor, but I mean, it can't hurt.
2: I don't think much. I think this—they're—they're they're kind of uh, uh, labeling this as like his first foray into the world of producing, directing, etc. So, um, okay. I mean, recently, man, our Pat been been killing it. The Patanaissance yeah. is real. Oh, and it's happening. We're in it. I think we need to we. I don't think mourners and HBO do this type of thing lightly, right? I don't think they're just like, well, all we gotta do is slap Robert Pattinson's name on it and it's gonna sell gangbusters. That might be part of it. Yeah. But I think I think as someone who's grown up in the, you know, in the industry and we've literally watched him grow up. To going from, you know, obviously Twilight, but then, like, taking on a lot more serious roles and doing them very well. I mean, Jimbo, oh, yeah. you watched The Lighthouse and somehow loved it. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't say I loved it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, it was weird. I, think, I, think, I would imagine he's got some proposals that has the executives excited, and mm-hmm. that's why they went ahead and signed this deal. So I think this is very good news, and I care a lot. I care, too. We will
1: let everyone know what his first project is, I'm sure.
0: All right. uh, Speaking of someone else who's doing good work and uh, has made a lot of good things lately, uh, Timothy Chalamet. And uh, he's going to be Willy Wonka officially. Does this needle for you at all? And uh, what do you think they're going to do with Willy Wonka?
1: I think so. I mean, I'm not excited for this movie. Um, This is a prequel, which we all know that Roald Dahl is dead. He did not write this movie. This is going to be an original screenplay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess if you're gonna cast somebody, he certainly looks the part he's eccentric already, he's kind of goofy he's he's the right age for a prequel for Willy Wonka. I mean, I think it's good casting. I just it doesn't really like get me super jazzed up for this movie.
2: agree uh, that's the perfect way to describe it. I can't add anything to that.
1: My problem is is like I want Willy
0: Wonka to be like um they build elaborate sets. Not that he stands in front of a green screen and there's, like, purple flying things and, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all CG. Like, I think that they made it so goofy. I didn't even see the movie with, with Johnny Depp, but I, like, it was horrible.
1: I can horrible. tell you what
0: happened because I saw, you know, enough trailers of, of it that I'm like, oh, I can't watch that. It looks like a bad,
1: like, ride. Yeah. And so um, it has to be better than that. But thank God Tim Burton isn't in charge of this. That guy is no talent anymore. Dude is washed up.
0: I just think that like they need to um I think it need to make it more realistic, like less, like I think that it should be based on human beings going to this place that like, is it magic? We don't really know. Not like, yeah, obviously it's magic. And there's like animals that don't even exist. And everyone's flying and like, mm-hmm. turning, you know, colors and like, it's just too much. So I don't know. I, I have very little faith that they'll make this cool.
1: I, I agree. All but right. I do care. It's good casting.
0: I, I, I probably care, but I don't know. Hopefully it's on HBO and not like in theaters. Right. All right. Amazon is going to buy MGM for a, a just small amount of $8.45 billion. What's
1: going on, man? There's gonna be It's going to be Amazon and Disney and yeah. then the HBO group, and that's it. It's I mean, just going to be those three.
0: In five years, Amazon will just buy Walmart, and then Disney will respond by buying Target, and then they'll be like, Disney, you don't even do that kind of thing. And they were like, we do now. They'll be
1: like, yeah, but fuck Amazon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Um, Yeah, so what what does MGM have? MGM has the Creed movies. They have um, Bond is their number one um, thing. They have Wizard of Oz. And um, yeah, man, I mean, nothing that's like crazy except for Bond. And I think that they plan to make those movies forever. So
0: Here's their big franchises, uh, according to movieweb.com, which I don't know if it's a good site, but it's the first thing that popped up. James Bond, RoboCop, Rocky, The Hobbit, uh, The Addams Family, Bill and Ted, Stargate, Legally Blonde, The Pink Panther, G.I. Joe, The Millennium Trilogy, which is like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Jump Mm -hmm. Street, Barbershop, Clash of the Titans, Hot Tub Time Machine. That's not a very good list.
1: That's not great. I mean, you you can stop at bond mostly, right? So bond is, I guess, worth about eight billion, and then that like before that other half billion is reserved for everything else.
2: Yeah. Um. All right. So we got a teaser, well, and I think I think in the deal they don't even own. They only own like fifty percent of it, oh. and the rest stays within like the. And I'm not, I'm not making this name out, The broccoli family. Yeah. Um. Who who was there? the original creator of the movie. So yeah, Barbara Broccoli. Uh, yep. Anyway, okay,
0: I care because it's probably a big deal.
1: Yeah, it may never really affect us, but we should get a little bit annoyed when all this shit keeps getting, you know, conglomerated. But whatever.
0: I mean, in reality, though, like Amazon
1: is trying to give you more and more and more and more and more,
0: and uh, so long as you have Amazon Prime, right. You know, they're kind of like, we'll give you free shipping and music and movies and a streaming service and audiobooks and groceries. And like, you know I mean? Like you pretty much pay this fee to them to just have a bunch of shit that you probably won't use most.
2: Yeah, just pay us $120 a year. It's fine. Don't even look at the bill. Yeah, um, I don't. It just happens.
0: Marvel Eternals teaser dropped. I did see this, actually. I really saw Whoa, you watch this, Eric. Wow. No way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I was a little surprised by how funny they were trying to be in it.
1: Yeah, there was a couple of lighter moments, but mostly I thought it was like big, quiet, epic, sweeping landscapes and, you know, grand spaceships coming into a, into the frame over, a you know, indigenous people of ancient times. And to me, it felt very grand in sc- scope and scale and kind of, um, yeah, almost like, you know, like royal, like like these are kings and queens almost.
0: I know it's going to be good. This teaser did nothing for me. Really? No, they gave no story. I,
1: I thought it looked brilliant. I loved
0: it. I could read the Avengers. No, I just they thought did give right.
1: they did give some story. Well, America, I mean, they talked isn't... about how they've been around forever. They've been like living on Earth for thousands of years, but they don't intervene. You know, until now, they've never intervened. Which they're gonna have to. They're gonna have some explaining to do. Why they didn't do shit about Thanos? Yeah. So that's what they're
2: probably referring to. Um, well, we but we also don't know when this is set. Do we? Um, I don't know. No, I don't think it we be do. Pre, but... I mean, if it, it could be pre game, But okay, that neither here nor there. You get, Like, Eric, you can't... First of all, you don't watch enough trailers, right? So you can't really come in and opine that they didn't give you enough information when we literally say, a lot of times, I don't want to watch these trailers because I don't want to know anything about the story. I just kind of want to go in fresh. And I think this trailer did a really good job of balancing, like Jimbo said, kind of giving you the setting and a vague description a vague sort of sweeping visual inference of events with a little bit of exposition a little bit of like here's the characters you know you got a shot of richard madden we got a little kit harrington you know some of the other characters and then that was it and i thought it was perfect i thought they did a great job except for the fact that like i don't know anything about the eternal story um like a backstory other than what you you know you said they've been around for a while so i think it's great i i it, it made me want to watch the show that much more to find out a lot of the backstory. It's sort of like going into like Prometheus in that regard of like, where did all this shit come from? And then you see, you know, the opening sequence of, you know, the dude melting into liquid and, and all that stuff. So I thought it was a great trailer or a great teaser. And I don't need anything more than that. Like it's, I, it's already got me excited. It, it, it already looks incredibly well done as all Marvel things are.
0: I wasn't complaining. I was just saying, like, I went into the trailer, the teaser, whatever, at about 95 out of 100 excited about this. Right, like for mm-hmm. compared to other movies, so like real high. My excitement about it is really high, and I left yeah. the trailer thinking, still, yeah, ninety-five out of one hundred. Yeah.
2: Okay, okay. I thought you were uh, my fault. I misinterpreted. I thought you were complaining a little bit that it didn't give you enough no, in the I think it just, footage.
0: Like, it didn't change I think, my mind. I was already fucking pumped,
1: and like it was. I just think something. it actually ran. I think it gave me maybe two points on that. If I was a ninety-three, I'm gonna say I'm now a ninety-five or it's gonna be whatever, great. right? Because. They want I thought it. it just looked brilliant, and you guys, there is a chance, an off chance, that this is the movie that Marvel takes to, to the Oscars and tries to get some best picture stuff, some best actor stuff, who knows, because then best director, who's Chloe Zhao, um, that Chinese-American woman, won for uh, Nomadland, best director, and this is her next big project, which is crazy, so... There's a chance that this one is good enough for the award shows. We shall see.
2: Finally, some Game of Thrones actors getting some recognition. Yeah, really.
1: (laughs) All right, let's
0: cruise through a few other pieces of news here. M. Night Shyamalan's Old is coming out on 723. There was a new trailer. Uh, What's this about and should I care?
1: Ryan, did you
2: watch this trailer? I didn't and I don't care
1: already. Yeah, you shouldn't. Um, It looks really dumb. It's very M. Night. It's like a family on vacation. They go onto this kind of remote beach. And they get stuck there with magical forces and confusing mysteries. And they all start aging at different times. And the kids grow up all of a sudden. Um, Man, I just think this is going to be like a really hard movie to watch. But you're going to want to watch it because you're going to want to find the reveal at the end, the big twist. And then it's going to suck. So the whole thing's going to be bad. That's my prediction. So don't care. Um, M. Night hasn't been relevant for quite a while.
0: I think that M. Night should do um, TV for, for uh, Netflix.
1: Yeah. Well, he made that uh, that Servant show. I think he made that one on Apple TV, which is pretty good. It's okay. I, I watched it. Um, yeah. Don't care about this one so much. Okay. okay. All right.
0: Uh, Werewolves Within. Trailer dropped, and it's coming out June 25th. What's this? Should we care? Uh,
1: this one I'm really excited about. So, um, Do you guys remember the site College Humor back in the day? Yes. Oh, yeah. They did sketches. It was, like, funny articles. I love that site. Um. So a guy came out of there named Josh Rubin, and he did a lot of, like, the, the writing and production there, and, and he also was an actor in it. So he's, like, made himself kind of a nice little career here going, and he made this movie with, like, Melania Von Trubb and that, like, really dry humor, like, black dude from Veep, remember him, that kind of talks, like, Sam really Richardson. Fast that guy's fantastic so it's got this good kind of ensemble cast and it's about a werewolf in a small town um and so it's going to be but it's a comedy right so it's going to be funny it's going to be a horror movie and it's going to have this mystery aspect of who is the werewolf that's picking off our survivors our group here okay so i can't wait for this movie i think it's going to be well written because josh is is really really smart um I don't know if it's going to go right to theaters only. Um, It's going to be a smaller budget movie, but I think it's definitely one to watch. Werewolves Within, it it looks awesome. The trailer just looked great.
2: Also, one of the other actors in this is uh, Harvey Guillen, who played Guillermo from What We Do in the Shadows, who was perfect.
1: Guillermo, love him. (laughs) (laughs) uh,
0: Edgar writes, Last Night in Soho... Uh, trailer dropped. Where are we going to find this? And should I be excited? Yes.
2: I mean, I really want to throw this over to Jimmy Channels. This is kind of your baby. This is like what it are is your, a little like, bit. I want traditions. to add to it because I just, I've, t- I've taken the last couple, but no, we all know Steve, Edgar you're Wright. The, you're the expert. You're Jimmy Channels. Go. All right. Go, look, man. I'll,
1: I'll, I'll run through this one too. Edgar Wright. We like him, right? I mean, the guys. He he writes and directs his own stuff, which is pretty rare these days, just to go original. Um, He did Baby Driver, which I think everyone loved. He's done some other great stuff. Scott Pilgrim, which is super underrated. Um, And this is his next big movie. And I have no idea what it's about. It's got Anya Taylor-Joy, who's so hot right now. And it's sort of like there's some time travel going on or some parallel dimensions or shape-shifting or something. Uh, But it looks moody and it looks amazing and it looks interesting and there's going to be crazy sci-fi mystery going on. So I don't really need to see another trailer. I'm sold. I'm ready. Um, To me, it looks fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's like... um... Anya Taylor-Joy is, like, uh, transporting herself into the body of another person. Maybe. Kind of. Sounds I mean, fine. that's I was... what it made it look like. Um, it's also got Matt Smith in it from, like, The Crown. He's oh. a really good actor. I, I mean, this this thing looked very different from a lot of movies he's made, too, right? Yeah. A lot of them have been a little bit brighter, more upbeat in tone, especially, like, Baby Driver, even though it was, like, a criminal, you know, robber you know uh, caper type movie yeah it was still like upbeat and bright and kind of fun and light you know they're making jokes and stuff like that this is not that this looks like black swan you know where you know it's going to be like very moody and dark and mysterious and things that you see aren't what you're seeing and you don't understand so i think this looks fantastic i think it looks like a little bit more fun and more dynamic black swan
1: sure so we care
0: that doesn't sound like a lot but okay um Aaron Taylor Johnson will be starring as Craven. This is In like another
1: movie that no one asked for, dude. Is Craven this so the cute?
0: Hunter. Is this like evil Spider-Man villains that we're supposed to like think are good temporarily?
2: Yep. No. It, well, sort of. But it's like evil Spider-Man villains that can't interact with Spider-Man ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> the properties are divided up. So um, I don't know hardly anything about Craven the Hunter. I just know that he is a a villain in the Spider-Man universe, Um, not one of the main ones. And we're going to get a backstory again like Jimmy channel said that nobody asked for, but they have nothing to do. And right. I was, I, I sent a, you know, a, a text to the group chat of like Sony making another movie that nobody wants to see. And then Tony Ballster sent me a screenshot of like venom, $894 million. Yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, okay, well, I guess people want to see this shit because they're paying for it. So yeah. um, on some level, It sounds preposterous, and somehow it will make Sony make a ton of money, and they'll keep empowering themselves to continue to turn out this garbage.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, what are we getting? So they're trying to set up all these villains, right? Like, there's, like, this thing called the Sinister Six in in spider-man and it's like craven the hunter who's like the world's greatest hunter and you know he's caught everything he's caught and killed every animal so his now like the his most dangerous game if you will is catching spider-man so that's what his goal is he uses cheetahs and like in the in like Kids' books and stuff. Some of his stories are usually really fun. Um, he does a lot, a lot of crossover stuff with Black Panther as well, who obviously won't be in this movie. And then they did, you know, Venom, and then they're doing that Morpheus thing, which I have like, I don't have high hopes. I have low hopes. I have like expectations mor- that it will Morbius. stop. Morpheus, more, yeah, Morpheus. Thank you, with Jared fucking Leto. I wish it was Morpheus. Yeah. yeah, no shit. So, dude, I think this is just going to be another pretty bad movie that probably makes a lot of money. I don't expect it to be better than these other. that they're they're going with so yeah you haven't even watched venom yet have you or eric i finally did watch it i watched it Okay, it was trash
2: no trash yeah and we're getting another one and it looks worse
0: i just think that what they should do is they should be like hey top current comic book writers Um, we're going to give you a deal and you are going to create a new small universe of new superheroes for us. Wow. Would that be
1: like DC would do that or Marvel would do that?
0: Not Marvel. I'm just saying like, how are there not like people who are really good at writing comic books who are making like $700,000 a year to like be top comic book writers. And then Sony is like, Hey, instead of making $700,000 working for them, why don't you come work for us for 5 million and create us some new superhero?
1: Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, <laughs> they that. kind of have done that a little bit. Like, so Mark Miller, who's like that guy, okay? He's the guy that you're talking about that is like a current top comic book maker. He fucking wrote Jupiter's Legacy, and they tried mm-hmm. that, which is just, Eric, you finally watched five minutes of that and laughed, and I think you turned it off right away. Um, so, I mean, they're kind of doing that but when you have this ip with the name recognition and i think that's what they go with i don't know
2: okay yeah. and that's and and, and to, to you know on the other side of that that's why the boys was so successful is because they did that but then they made it like incredibly gory and weird and crazy and they did like jupiter ascending or whatever it's called tried to be like a serious superhero movie and it just sucked or, or mm-hmm. tv series and it was just oh, awful so bad. holy cow so eric's wish you get Jupiter's legacy. Yeah. That's why they're making Craven the Hunter. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: all, right. all right. Um, finally, Kelly Clarkson is gonna be taking over for Ellen on the Ellen show. It's gonna be Kelly Clarkson on the Ellen show. Don't I care. couldn't
2: care less about it at all.
0: I wouldn't watch this if it was like if I was salaried to do so. <laughs>
1: okay. Nice. I'd have to turn down that job. Yeah. I'm not willing to do it. No, I'm not. All right. All right, let's move on in. Hot Rex time, okay? Uh, yeah. lots of stuff. Uh,
0: that you guys were watching most of this week. HBO Max, uh, Ryan, you watched a show called Hacks. You really enjoyed it. Why should people tune in to Hacks?
2: So Hacks is a very kitschy, silly, um, uh, similar, like the story has been told before, like aging Vegas comic, right? um, Is going to be pushed out by the casino mogul, right? In some capacity, even though she's made him like a ton of money. So in order to like freshen up her routine, she takes on, um, like, you know, um, she doesn't want to take on, you know, someone to provide her material because she's done it all herself, uh, but brings in like a, a, a lowly writer that, um, was up and coming and then had some issues with something and is hard pressed to find a job. So ends up taking this job and she doesn't want to. Um, so this star is Jean Smart, who is a very well-known actress. She's actually in mayor of Easttown* um, as mayor's mom. And she's really good in that role. Um, she's even better in hacks and she was really good in, in uh, one of the seasons of Fargo.
1: And she was really great in Legion a couple other fx yes. shows so she's yeah she's really well known she's great
2: well seasoned this this show is like uh dark and funny and very serious at times uh but the three main actors and actresses are gene smart this kind of new actress called hannah Einbinder. And Carl Clemens Hopkins. Carl Clemens Hopkins is, I think, going to be a star eventually. Um, I feel like he does a really good job. Um, the first episode is a little cheesy and you're like, eh, hey, that was kind of silly and predictable. But then from episode two, and I'm on episode five. Oh wow. It is like brilliantly written, so well done. It's one of those like sort of like comedy dark comedies that engrosses you in the performances and I absolutely love this show and I can't wait to finish it so um okay. I feel like and and the episodes are like you know 23 25 minutes like you can fire through them pretty quickly oh um
1: do you think that my wife would like the show absolutely okay I need I need more of that in my life
2: absolutely she doesn't I think like
1: is, she doesn't like any violence of any sort any variety okay she doesn't also this, like anything that's too tense or too stressful Nope. So, <laughs> it really limits because pretty much all my favorite shit is like all that stuff. So, uh, this is good. I need the. I need something like this.
2: This is. This is. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by this show okay. and how how well done it is, and how great Gene Smart is, and how great Hannah Einbender is. I, I think you will absolutely. Love the show. It's very engrossing. And again, short episodes. It's not like you have to commit to 50 minutes, you know, per episode. It it goes pretty quickly. So um, really well done. I love this. Beautiful. Hacks. Hacks. You know what? I'm glad that you watched it. I don't think
1: I would have even tried
2: it without your rec. So
1: took one for the team.
2: Anytime I can get a rec in that Jimmy Channels then reports back like in a week or two and is like, hey, I watched that shit was actually good. It's like, it makes my whole week, you know It's I a mean? drug. Like it just, it's a drug for you. Yeah. All right,
0: <laughs> All right Jim, you watched uh, *Mystery in In-Between on FX and Hulu. Is this a wreck?
1: Well, I, I think it's a little early. I've only watched one episode, but I really liked it. It's like, um, you know, it's London. It's kind of like shady, kind of like crime, organized crime a little bit. He's also like this, you know, he's a, kind of this gritty enforcer guy. But he's also got a family. So it's a little bit, it reminded me of like Breaking Bad or Ozark, um, but kind of more of just like a lighter, realistic, everyday tone. So, you know, he commits some violent acts, but he does it like very nonchalantly and then just kind of goes about his business. He's very desensitized to these things. Um, I think it's it's a strong show. I haven't heard of any of the actors. Um, nobody is recognizable, but the main guy, who we've never seen anything, is really great. He's got a weird, interesting look. Um, he does an awesome job. I don't know where the fuck this guy's been because he's probably like 45 or 50. He looks like me. You're, you're more handsome than him, but okay, okay. if you want to go with that. And he's just as British as Eric, so there's that. Um, but it's a good show. I'm going to keep watching it. So if you want to, if anybody's listening or wants to go out there and check it out, it's on FX and the day after that it's on Hulu. So I'm watching it on Hulu and I will continue to watch it. I'm actually pretty excited about it, but it's a little early for me to give an official rec. It'd be best if people watch along with me and let me know what they think.
2: This guy has literally never acted in anything.
1: (laughs) Did they find him like on the streets as like a real, like former criminal or some shit?
2: I mean, maybe he's got he was what uh, like
1: real tattoos and they look kind of scary. So like the guy looks
2: hard. Maybe he was a, a stage guy, you know, like, yeah. like stuff that was like, you know, I, I, you said he's British, but like, like what would be considered like off Broadway, you know, kind of stuff. Yeah. I and he's don't also know. the, he's also the writer of a lot of this. Holy shit. Apparently. I yeah. don't
1: know how this was made, but I have a feeling that, you know, there was a time that when people like were watching Fleabag, they're like, who is this? What the fuck is this? Who is this Phoebe Waller bridge? You know, there's a chance we know a lot more about this at some point, if it really takes off. Like, I think it might. He's written 23 of the episodes. Holy shit. Well, I will keep going with it. Y'all. All right, guys, here
0: we go. It's time for that blast for the, from the past. I've got the song ready. Finally, um, ready to go. It's like 25 years old and uh, you guys we, you know, are excited about it. So here we go.
1: <laughs> nice. You guys tuned in to HBO Max's Friends Reunion. That was a great psycho. Here we thinking Mission Impossible is on its 25th anniversary. Here we go with the rewatch. That was nice. Uh yeah, I got through half of it and shut it off. Ryan, you did get through the whole thing. What did you think of this Friends reunion that everybody is going to watch, especially if they're over 32?
2: I actually enjoyed it. Okay. I thought they did a really good job of, like, integrating the cast back together. Um, I will say a couple things. Yeah. Um, Joey Matt LeBlanc has eaten everything he's ever seen since the show ended. Yep. Um, but Matthew he's got a Perry,
1: he actually had like a very nice personality. Like I liked his his presence the most. He
2: was the most likable one. Like he was—he yeah, was, he he was just like having. One. Well, hold on, I'll get to that. He was—he was just having fun with the whole thing. Like he was like, "Oh, this is great. Remember this and remember that." And he's laughing and like having a great time. Um, Matthew Perry has done probably every conceivable drug possible. Um, he it's could just, barely speak like he's, he's he, paying his toll for that. He's done so much cocaine. He almost has like a cleft lip now at this point. Like he looked so weird and yeah. he has like the the Bobby Firmino veneers of like teeth. Like it, it was just it, like they were so bright. And what, he was almost like the caricature of the episode where Ross got his teeth whitened. It was so like jarring <laughs> to see like how anyway, um, Courtney Cox has had more plastic surgery than like she couldn't even smile. Yeah. like it was so weird. She would be like laughing, but it was like, ah, and her lips wouldn't she even can't move. move face very well. Um, Jennifer I love Aniston, this. This is such a bitch
1: fest from Ryan. He's he's doing a review of the show and just going through how each person looks. You have a you have two more. I want to hear the rest. Three more.
2: Jennifer Aniston, I think, has definitely had some work done too, but she's also like the most popular one out of all of them. So they put her front and center quite a bit. Yeah, um, okay. she's. She definitely looks great, but, you know, older, but she was fine. I, I didn't find anything wrong with her. She was also, like, having a lot of fun, too, of, like, oh, I miss this so much. And, like, you know, I, I love you guys. And and she was, like, hugging everyone the most. She seemed to be enjoying, even though the fact that, like, we went through IMDb and she's made a ton of horrible movies, but she's, like, a billionaire, um, right. also seemed to be, like, really enjoying the moment of, like, kind of coming back to the set. And then uh, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow, Lisa Kudrow um was super like funny and hilarious and um probably the most down to earth one um her and david schwimmer seemed to have it like together the best um mm-hmm. out of the two of them i know david schwimmer has continued to do you know some stuff he was in you know band of brothers and a lot of stage stuff and all that um and he seemed to be a little more sullen than everyone else like man i really miss this like mm-hmm. like he he, he took seemed it a to little be, more emotionally. yeah and and uh, the story about how him and Jen um, Jennifer Aniston almost started dating was wild. They almost started dating during season one because they had such a big crush on each other was something I'd never heard before. So that was kind of cool. Overall, I thought uh, James Corden is almost intolerable. I can't. <laughs> I, 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 and so he was like the host of the reunion. But then they, you know, they would they would cast back to like Monica and Chant or Monica and Ross's like parents, you know, the actors of them and uh, Tom Selleck made an appearance and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I thought all of that was like cool and fun and, and they, it went pretty quickly. I enjoyed the reunion show. They didn't try and take itself too seriously. It was just more of like, Let's get the six people that have never been in the same room since the show ended, you know, together and have them tour the old sets and all that stuff. I thought it was cool. I thought they did a really good job. It was it was probably a little bit too long, but I thought it was entertaining. If you were into friends, you'll love this little like reunion special.
1: If you weren't, just skip it. Um,
2: it. Yeah, absolutely. And I
1: watched half of it and I got everything I needed out of it. I'm not going to finish it, but it was fine. So I typed in Matthew
0: Perry because I was like, I needed to know. And the first thing that came up was Matthew Perry health. Oh, God. And uh, it said that he was slurring his speech during the special. And people were all concerned about his health. And he is no longer sober, even though he struggled with abuse or like uh, substance abuse. And um, his team came out and said that the reason that his speech was slurred and that he was acting weird is because he had had an emergency um, tooth procedure that day.
1: Mm -mm. I doubt it. Nah. Nah. (laughs) Although those teeth were new. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when. Not that day new, but they were new. Well, uh, as someone
2: with ongoing dental issues, maybe you can relate a little bit more. But I always thought I was a Chandler, and I think I'll age the same way. No, I don't. I, I, there's no <laughs> way that that was that was a tooth problem. That's a I did too much Xanax before I came here problem. Yeah, I was a little anxious, so I took double my dose, and now I'm like, Whoa. like. But he's also. Like, you know, they filmed a ton of footage. His, he's barely in it. Yeah. Like he has very little screen time probably because of that. Yeah. So here's one question I have for you
0: guys. Okay. So as a person who doesn't know much about friends, And knows that it was huge, but, like, wasn't paying attention or was, like, too young for a lot of it. And then when I wasn't too young, I didn't care. Um, For sure. Were these guys, who I think of as just, like, doofuses, were these guys, like, sexy celebrities
1: at the time? Not the guys, really. No, not at all. And really, like, Lisa Kudrow wasn't because she was the goofy one. She was not a sex symbol. Rachel was, like, the mousy one that was just, like, nerdy and way too into organization. So she wasn't really considered... Bernie Cox wasn't considered very sexy at the time. That that was Monica. Okay, Monica, but obviously Rachel... I mean, she was on the show because she was so beautiful and just became a huge, huge sensation. But I don't think any of the guys were considered like, like, I mean, David Schwimmer, dude, he's not like your leading man type. So one other question for you guys. Uh,
0: What, what romance uh, were people more into Um, Ross
1: and Rachel or Jim and Pam? ross and rachel by a lot really
0: wow friends was a much bigger
2: show than the office okay i will say i would even say it goes ross and rachel monica and chandler and then jim and pam dang yeah i think jim and pam had their their niche like audience but ross and rachel was the only reason that show got renewed for season two because everyone wanted them to to get together and find out what happened
1: yep they did the will they won't they for 10 fucking years it was amazing they pulled it off all right guys here we go
2: it's whoa 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 whoa. (laughs) we're we're going away from limp biscuit what happened i thought we were doing limp biscuit the whole way through
1: mix it up here this Uh, i liked it it. i loved it actually the original is fantastic here we go
0: all right, guys, we watched Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation, and uh, this definitely uh, was one of my favorite ones. Like, this was just an awesome movie, and I can't wait to talk about it. Um, so we get started. There's uh, music. It was like the music shop. Is that right? That's how it started. The
1: music shop?
0: Yeah. he goes record store? The record store. Sorry. yeah, okay. He goes in the record store. He gets the record. He's like, yep, go into the listening booth and listen to it. He puts it in there. You get the same, like, Ethan, this is what's been happening. And someone stole these weapons and blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. First, we got the, um, the, the plane, plane scene. The plane
1: scene where he's on the yeah, side of yeah, yeah. So he's on the I side. I thought it was just, I have in my notes, all in caps. What a fucking opening. Yeah. I mean, holding on to the plane was cool. And then, of course, you know, because we all hear. He actually did that, which is sweet. All they did was CG out the little tether that he had onto the plane. So if he did happen to let go, he wouldn't die, which is probably good. I I assumed he was like, he was like stuck from his stomach to the plane.
2: Like there was probably
0: like some clips that clipped. I'm guessing
2: there was at least six clips and they were all redundant. And yeah, Yeah.
0: that he was like clipped to the plane because otherwise
2: his limbs would just be like, (laughs) like, you know, everywhere. Well, how would you know? You ever been? You ever been hanging on to the side of a plane, Eric? You, you I, don't know what your body would do. I would, would love do. to try it. To be honest with you, it was like exhilarating just watching it. Well, you got the legs. You got the legs of Justin Jefferson. So maybe you know, being as strong as you are, it would be no a little no, bit no. easier. It's, for you. I mean, with the
1: right line, Eric could average three or four yards per with carry. My Justin Jefferson legs, I think snap like twigs if the wind was strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You guys both have very weak
0: legs. <laughs> so he's on the side of the plane. He gets into the plane. Like every, pretty much every action movie now starts with like a plane scene. It feels like, uh, but that's well, cool. okay. There's, yeah.
1: Dark Knight Rises certainly did.
0: Yeah. yeah um,
2: the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, the list Jim's on. one of, one of Jim's favorite movies, the mummy Ooh, starring Tom Cruise. Yeah. Ooh, another Tom Cruise. I think we're yep. doing those at the same time.
0: Um, So anyways, he gets on the plane, he leaves the plane, he goes to this, this record store, he goes into this box. He's like, yeah, the stuff he saw on the plane was from blah, 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 blah. And also, and then suddenly the message turns and you realize that the message is not from a friend, it's from a foe. And it's from Mm -hmm. the syndicate. Explains to him that the syndicate knows everything about him and has infiltrated their group and blah, blah, blah. And then um, you look outside and his associate who gave him the information is being executed by who you can assume to be the leader or a major player of the syndicate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Tom Cruise doesn't die because, of course not. Why didn't they just kill him? They should have. They didn't. Plot armor. He just like gets gassed and passes out after she dies.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm Um, is this before or after they introduced Tom, um Alec Baldwin's character?
0: Um, I think before, but I don't know. Alec Baldwin's character was worse than Jeremy Renner's character.
1: Um, I agree. And in fact, one of my notes was the one of the weakest parts of the show is like this sort of revolving door of like sixty-year-old white guys that they have to be the bureaucrats. It's there's no continuity there. It's always different people. Um, you're supposed to sort of be guessing: are is this a good guy or bad guy? Meanwhile, I don't care. I don't care about the bureaucrats. Um, they did it. I think they actually did it better in Jason Bourne. Even though it was more boring, because Mm -hmm. at least it was a believable like org chart of of people in charge of you know the government, and it seemed like realistic. And you know there were the same people throughout the the three movies. So that is a little boring. And this is the latest. And he wants to shut down IMF. Although I did appreciate his testimony where he goes through all the big capers of the past five movies we've watched, where they broke into Langley and they did this with the data. It's like that was sweet. I watched that
2: also. I think, you know, there's something to be said about Bond having M as a constant beacon of mostly truth. Right. You're you're never going to you're never going to question M's motives other than protecting the nation over protecting an individual. Right. So it's not like like when we watched uh, Mission Impossible 3, it was like, okay, who's going to be the evil guy? The young one or Lawrence Fishburne, right? Mm-hmm. Like, which one's going to flip flop? And you knew it was going to happen at some point, and that's one of the disappointing, two, yeah. right? And I, I wish they would have just kept Lawrence Fishburne as like his contact at you know the IMF. Like, like why not? Why can't they just have some continuity there? He was well, a good and, guy like, in the end. He, he wasn't the bad and guy, and he was, and he's a fantastic actor. Like, he was right, really right. good in that role. So, anyway, moving on. See, All right.
0: I guess the problem for that I have with it is like the bureaucrats. In the movie, like are talking to all these senators in it, and mm-hmm. I'm like, if they're so top secret, this would be like senators didn't have access to this. Like, mm. this would be too behind the scenes for there to always be people in the government being like, we should shut them down. Kind of like kinda, the
2: yeah. like the Secretary of Defense and the President are the only people that know. Kind of situation. Hence the yeah. Ghost Protocol from the last movie, where like yeah. the President is the only one yeah. that knew about it, and he enacted Ghost Protocol. That stuff yeah. probably made more sense. You're right.
0: So then he gets gassed, he gets captured, and this, like, the bone doctor or something is about to, like, carve him up, punches him a bunch, but then the girl who is there, like, helps him escape, and they beat all these dudes, kill all these guys. And Is that Ilsa? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ilsa, yeah. That was great. She was was great. She was beautiful. She was age-appropriate for Tom Cruise. She, like... Because she was a little older, it was way more believable that she was that talented at motorcycles and guns and everything that she just was so good at.
2: Oh, she also also strikingly resembling to Michelle Moynihan. Like, right very and might close as well get this
1: out of the way now there was zero mention of tom
2: cruise's or of
1: ethan hunt's personal life in this movie yeah, um, which heart. which i liked in the last in three and four right three where like it's all about his wife and he has to it's very personal he has to go rescue her sp- directly and then four where you go back in this like back and forth is she are they divorced is she alive is she dead well she was alive at the end which is a cool twist and then five they're like nah not gonna bring it up so Just no mention
0: of her. My only problem is, is that like I'm I'm expected to believe that the that the syndicate is this like super badass transnational, I guess rogue nation, like the movie is called, right? Mm-hmm. Of all of these former intelligence agents from all of the countries of the world who have like faked their deaths and now belong to this rogue nation who controls, um, you know, the finances of the world and the politics of the world which is pretty cool. But mm-hmm. Tom Cruise escapes their capture with the help of this girl. They kill a bunch of people. He does this sweet move where he like shimmies up a pole. Like
1: Yeah, Tom Cruise with the young body and the old face.
0: Yeah. Sure, in this scene. Which was pretty cool. And then he gets to this point and she he thinks she's coming with him. And then she's like, you have to go. She shuts the gate behind him. And then he mm-hmm. stands there, waits, 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 waits. A bunch of guys with guns come, and then they start shooting at him as he runs down a straight hallway, (laughs) and all of the bullets hit the walls on either side of him. Like, he didn't turn any corner, he didn't get shot, he just literally just ran straight down a hallway, and they just missed him with all of their... Have you ever
1: seen Tom Cruise run? He can damn near outrun bullets. He's very fast. Have
2: you ever seen Star Wars?
1: (laughs) True. He pumps those legs and those little arms, and he cruises. The
0: power he's
2: to be as fast. Pun intended.
0: So... There you go. Anyways, Tom Cruise finds out about this um, syndicate, and he has to, I don't know, collect all his intel. He has all these run-ins with, what's her name? Elsa? Mm -hmm. Ilsa. Ilsa has all these run-ins with her where she keeps showing up. She keeps wanting to be found. Is she working for the syndicate? Is she against them? Is she on his side? Is she not? Are they lovers? Are they... Friends, whatever it was, just a lot of like you didn't really know, and all of her interactions with the syndicate made you think like she was playing Ethan, and all of her interactions mm-hmm. with Ethan made you think she was playing the syndicate. I, I like that. I thought that was like some of the best stuff of this movie. Yep. Um, straight up copying Sherlock Holmes too, which we watched on a rewatch. They had an opera scene, which was like mm-hmm. pretty much the same scene we saw in Sherlock Holmes.
2: Yep, that's fair.
0: And when we got and then
2: and then we saw it again in Spectre. Yeah. The James Bond movie. Like literally they just did it three times. Yeah.
0: So I actually thought that this movie was doing a their best interpretation of one of the recent Bond movies. It was actually kind of like while I was watching it, I was like, Oh, they're just trying to do
1: Bond, like current Bond. Well, what's the what's the big bad organization in Bond now? Is it called Spectre? Yeah. Okay. Um, Which reached across multiple movies, and it's like the shadowy, you know, no official nation, organization, ran um, by, multinational. Ran by Christoph Waltz. Right. And so... Um, you know one thing when I when they introduced the bad guy of this movie although he was good and he had a very interesting look to him when I first saw him I'm like okay that's probably the guy we think is going to be in charge mm-hmm. and then it's going to turn out that he's not and at least in this movie he was the main guy so I was kind of disappointed I was like waiting for a big reveal of like maybe a famous actor that was actually in charge but it was just that dude I liked that guy I thought he was like creepy as hell sweet. what a weird looking dude I, I, I
0: think that their villains are every bit as good as the villains in the Bondies, mm-hmm. and that's a compliment. Listen. I have thought that the villains so far, other than four, the villains
2: have been really cool, mm-hmm. really
0: interesting. With a few Two
1: and four were bad. The rest,
0: well, were
2: great. I was gonna say that the Australian dude was pretty awful. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, holy and shit! Yeah. I am gagging for it. And then like he, like his his dude was like, "Hey, man, I don't trust her," and he's like, "Yeah, fuck you! I'm cutting your finger off." Like. <laughs> <laughs> just so stupid. Anyway. <laughs> uh, at least 3 and 5's villains were just fantastic,
0: though. And so yeah, right. I did think that they were kind of like, you know, Bond definitely ripped off Bourne, right? They were like, mm-hmm. all right, so let's pitch this, guys. Um, Bond, but he's like a little older and his body's kind of breaking down. And he's Daniel Craig. And so he's still like a sexy guy, but he loses half the fights he's in. And... He has like problems with like addiction and he has all these like ailments to his old aging body. Uh, and his fights are just really brutal, and he'll like smash the dude's face through a sink, right? So they're like pretty much it's born with the character of Bond. And you can see that like at some point they like recalibrate this series a little bit. And I kind of felt like, um, they started to do their best bond, uh, you know, they're doing their best bond here, but knowing that this movie is. And this this franchise is a little sillier than Bond. Is that fair?
1: Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. Well, at or least just, the new Bonds. Yeah. Not as serious. Yeah. For sure. More gimmicky. More gadgety. And I think like so, Christopher McQuarrie directed this movie. Yes. And he's done a lot of like uh spy capers. Like most famously, did The Usual Suspects. Um, The Way of the Gun. He did Valkyrie, which was also with Tom Cruise about like Mm -hmm. an attempted assassination of Adolf Hitler. Um, He's done a lot of sort of like twisty turny, you know, things that you don't really see coming until kind of the last, you know, five minutes of the movie. So um, maybe that was his intention with this film, with, um, this isn't uh, with Rogue Nation. Um, so I think that, you know, the director may have had a, a little bit more of a, a hand in that. Whereas like JJ. He, wrote, he with, co-wrote uh, it. He wrote sure. it with another person. So, yeah. I think JJ was more of like, uh, we, we just want to do like really cool action set pieces, yeah. you know? And the story will be driven by Ethan Hunt and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And they can carry the day. And this was attempting to be a little bit more a cloak and dagger, you know, kind of stuff. Like uh, lots of double triple crosses, you know, kind of thing like Ilsa, especially like she's playing five different sides throughout the entirety of the movie. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think the, the bond reference with regard to this and and Sherlock Holmes are, are perfect because you kind of don't know who's who doing what other than like two characters.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Fifth movie, fifth director. So we got to talk about the swimming scene. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was like, I thought that heist where they go into the, like the water cooled, um, like private data bank was as almost as cool as the initial Langley scene. That was so iconic with the ropes coming down and the pressure floor and the, the temperature and the sound and all those things they had to monitor. Um, I thought this, the holding the breath was great. You could tell that Tom Cruise was holding his breath, maybe not for five minutes, but for a very long shot, long takes. Um, I just thought it was really cool.
0: Oh, it was super cool. And like, um, I think I appreciated it more doing this rewatch and watching them all in a row than I did the first time that I saw it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was the, great. The, I think that they also like recalibrated the, I don't know his name, Simon Pegg's character.
1: How so? Made him a little tougher or what?
0: yeah they just made him slightly less of a goofball silly guy Mm -hmm. and like benji benji just turning that down even 15 percent really improved that character i agree like it was just so silly before where it was
1: like distracting and this i didn't feel that way in this movie yeah he actually had to bring quite a bit of emotion to it this time you know he was he was the one that was like the whole theme of this movie was like friendship friendship these are my friends i'm not gonna lie you know, I'm going to tell my friends the truth and try to save them and die for them if I have to. Um, because, you know, they, they put him in – the syndicate guys put him in the, the you know, vest – the suicide vest Mm -hmm. um so he had some actual acting to do in this one
2: yeah he was well and that's i think he also like his involvement has been steadily ramped up Mm -hmm. you know in these in in these missions um for better or worse because like i i do think for as good as the plane scene was at the beginning like him fumbling on the ipad oh yeah i'll get the door and then he opens the wrong door like that shit was kind of annoying overall Yeah, I agree. Can
1: I just mention one thing since we haven't mentioned Jeremy Renner yet? There's a scene when all four of the team meet together. They just suffered a defeat. They have to regroup and they all go to sit at a table with four chairs and three of them sit down and Jeremy Renner spins his chair around and does the straddle thing. Okay. I guarantee that was his fucking idea as an actor. Yes. I that was him bringing a lot to the character. That's how bad he is and how bad this character is.
2: I watched the uh YouTube video um called Everything Wrong with Mission Impossible Rogue Nation in 14 minutes or less by the channel Sins, which is a great channel. Great if you ever want to if you ever want to go through and like pick apart your favorite movies, it's hilarious. After you
1: watch the movie Go watch that every time because it's always like, oh, maybe it was a little dumber than I thought. It just is fun to relive some of that.
2: In the first uh, two or three minutes, there was a time where someone called out Brant for doing something dumb. And he says something like for the third consecutive movie where Jeremy Renner is playing a spy, he gets called out for being stupid. You know, like (laughs) he just he just doesn't know what he's doing as this character. And this involves like the Bourne legacy um, and then two Mission Impossible movies where he's basically unbelievable, like not believable as his character and bad overall. So I think we can pretty much wrap this
1: up. So the, the bad guy of the syndicate. Um, is a step ahead for most of this movie. And it's really causing massive problems um, for the team. It looks like they're going to lose. They lead him on this big chase. And at one point early in the movie, Tom Cruise, actually two different points, he says, you know, I'm going to put you in a box. I'm going to put you in a glass box and everybody will see who you really are. And he literally fucking did. Like, I don't, I didn't really remember that, but he, he jumps in a hole. And of course, like he looks injured and the bad guy jumps down after him to kill him. And they like have a literal glass box they trap them in and they gas them and load them up into a van and get them i thought it was actually pretty cool it didn't have to involve you know a a f-15 shooting at a building or a bridge you know falling down or something crazy it was actually just more personal i thought it was a pretty cool ending
2: well it was it was a great way of like having the carrot on the stick at the end right and and it as obsessed as ethan was with stopping him you know, the evil guy was uh, Lane was just as obsessed with killing Ethan. Right. In right. the same way that he, he ended up making a mistake at the end. So
0: I think that this was my favorite Tom Cruise
2: uh, performance ever. Really? Yeah. But well, you've never seen the tickle scene in The Mummy. so. But. <laughs> I really, I really like him. I, I thought that he has gone from pretty unbearable
0: in the first movie to, like, I really like his character in the fifth movie. Good. Yeah, yeah dialed in pretty, pretty well. I agree. Like, he's just gotten better. Like, he has kind of become the character. And I really like the character at this point. And so, to me, I don't really care if Tom Cruise makes any movies that aren't Mission Impossible movies forever. Like he just should just keep making these. They're fine.
1: All right. So I'm going to go through my, my scores so far have been 91, 55, 93 for mission impossible three, um, 85. And this one, I'm going to call an 88. What do you guys think? I think that's about right.
2: I okay. might go a little bit lower, but I would say between like, I'll go like 86. I mm-hmm. think it was pretty solid, some silly stuff, but overall a really good movie. Um, but definitely not as good as three.
1: We're still not as good as
2: three. Yep. I believe that my I believe that my scores were
0: this. I think they were eighty-four for one, forty eight for two, ninety-four for three, uh seventy-five for four, and I think this one was like a ninety. I really liked this movie. Okay. Oh it was wow. so freaking fun. It looked great. I thought they crushed it.
2: Yeah. 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 I, I love it. I think that so we have one more. Yeah. Oh. So let's let's talk about this for a second. Guess who's in this movie? Do you guys remember? No.
1: Henry Our Cavill. Guy. Henry oh.
2: Cavill yeah, 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 With the mustache that got CG'd out in the uh whatever Super suicide Batman, squad, Super whatever.
1: superman uh reshoots i think it was suicide squad
2: was or, or no. sorry not uh no 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 um, oh justice league justice league sorry okay. yeah justice yep. league yeah
1: justice league yeah it, this is the famous mustache and you know what paramount glad they held their guns um the mustache looks great mustache works i can't wait for the bathroom fight scene i remember it it's very fucking epic it's epic yeah also ripped off from Bond. <laughs>
2: There's nothing original anymore. Eric, are you excited about Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible? I'm Sex, not excited for Fallout. Henry
1: Cavill
0: in anything, but I am excited for Mission Impossible Six.
2: I actually think he kind of kills it. Okay, but um, I'm I'm basing that off of a memory from like two to three years ago. I remember I was the you know, I I saw this in the theater by myself and convinced you both to go watch it. Because this it, is I the thought first it was that good.
1: That we ha- were doing the pod when it came out. So we talked about this one years ago.
0: All right, guys, we're going long today, but too bad we're doing one speed round of a game we haven't played in a while. That's Northeast Raids. Oh, I love this. Good, okay. good, good. So here we go. Let's go. Here we go. Speed round on um, Memorial Day weekend. Okay, so now we will tell you yes, we understand the reason for Memorial Day. It is to remember those who have fallen, those who have made the ultimate sacrifice, so those who have just made us sacrifice in being in the armed services. We understand the importance of that. We are not trying to debate whether it is an important holiday. But just the long weekend at this time of year... Um, understanding that we know about that sacrifice and we respect that what would you rate Memorial Day weekend
2: I'll go with like a 91 and I'll say mm-hmm. I'll say that because as someone who works for a you know Eric you know you guys got days off of school like every week it seems um after the new year but like for those of us that you know work for big companies like we have New Year's Day and then our next holiday weekend is generally Memorial Day so yeah. It's always nice to to have that time to sort of like reconnect with family in a non-pandemic year, um, especially after you've already been vaccinated and per CDC guidelines, you're allowed to hang out in the same room without wearing masks. Um, It's a lot of fun. Um, It's sort of like the initiation of like uh, the end of spring and summer's here, even though we've had a little bit cooler weather. Um, I I think Memorial Day weekend is always a lot of fun. It's always like a, a bring on summer. Uh, let's let's get those happy vibes. You know, things are turning green. The grass is growing. I love it. I like Memorial Day weekend.
1: All right. I, I, I'm going to start with a 95 for all the reasons you said. And then I'm going to subtract two points because the weather can sometimes just suck ass. Like you can be snowy and you're like, oh, I have this whole big thing planned. We're going up to a cabin and the weather's trash and you're just kind of like super bummed So for me it is a uh it ends up 93. 93, not bad.
2: And then in, in the weather category, last year I think on Memorial Day weekend it was like consistently uh low 90s, like hotter than Hades. Yeah, it's beautiful,
1: which I'm fine um, with. I'll take I'm
2: a 90 as
0: a teacher and a coach of a spring sport. Um it's like a welcome weekend. It's right before the end of the school year. Um, we played a bunch of games for my lacrosse team. We played five games in nine days, and we get kind of a long weekend. And great. what happened
1: in those games, Eric? We won all five. We won five. Yay! Yay! Iron Irondale lacrosse. Let's go, baby. Yeah, let's go. But keep us updated. Keep us up, not just on the sports pod. We want to hear how the postseason goes, okay? I will let you guys
0: know. Um, but yeah, I really like it. Um, I know Ryan said we get a bunch of days off, but this is actually the first students get a few days off, but teachers don't have any days off really from, um, uh, this is only the second day off from, uh, spring break until now. So it is kind of a stretch of five day weeks. And I know everyone's like, Oh wait. my God,
2: you had to go six weeks without a day off. I'm everyone's so sorry. Like,
0: oh, man, It's so hard, but it's just like, um, just, imagine how annoyed people were with their kids during a pandemic and then just put uh you know 25 to 30 of them in a room with you all day yeah
1: that's a lot you
0: really need to get out of here (laughs) all right so next one up push pops
1: Mm, push pops literally ice cream in a toilet paper roll Mm -hmm. um great packaging Mm -hmm. if it's too frozen can really hurt your hand yeah. using the palm method to push that fucker up that'll put a big dent right in your palm so i'm weighing all these things as i formulate my score does somebody else want to go push
2: i don't back. think i've had a push pop since i was like eight so i don't know if i can properly yeah. rate if this but i will burn, say i will say trash but if they're good they're very good well you have the the problem is you have like a limited window right because as soon as they come out the freezer they're they're too frozen too inedible to eat especially if your teeth are sensitive um and then if you go too long then it's just leaking out the bottom and it's all over your hand so like you have like this like two minute window where it's completely edible and you got to go quick um (laughs) But I remember yep. like having like the orange sherbet, like Flintstones push pops from Dairy Queen, and they were awesome. Um, just based on nostalgia, I'll go like eighty-two.
1: That's funny. I was gonna go with an with an eighty-one, and that's where I'm sticking.
0: I'm going with a seventy-one. It's good, but I like don't crave. No,
2: definitely don't. Well, crave. I don't anymore. I'm just saying when I was younger, I, you know. All right, next up number number three on the night corn dogs.
1: Mm. Oh, corn dogs are great elite. You know, do we have to do a big, like, is it a Pronto pup? I mean, when you say corn dog, you're more talking about something you can make at your house.
2: No, no. It's a cornmeal batter versus like, almost like a pancake batter. They're they're very different.
1: It's not a Pronto pup. It's a corn dog, which is great. I actually, I do, I think I prefer corn dogs more than Pronto pups. Um,
2: corn dogs um, are
1: a 60. Really? It's got to be better than that. You're like a, you're like
2: a, you're like a meat, in a case guide, like you're like are a hot dog bratwurst they're like, positive
1: i'm positive about it i'm just
0: not like mega positive about it i mean and yeah a condiment guy like mustard. this is
2: the perfect like eric this is the perfect condiment delivery system <laughs> It like is. this is this is right in your wheelhouse.
0: I just say, like think that most places that have corn dogs aren't very good. Like, where can you get a corn dog? You can get it at Sonic, the
1: State God, Fair. And- so, don't even try it's to go there. Like,
0: cool, the State Fair for the two weeks you can get it at the State Fair. There are fifty weeks. Where can you get corn dogs? The freezer aisle and Sonic for
1: seven dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah. know what? You ever put a corn dog in an air fryer? They're pretty good, pretty, pretty solid. Pretty good. Um, I think it's fine. I think it's a seventy nine. Okay, I'm good with that.
2: Like, I'll go. I'll go. A little bit lower, but 75, I think, is an appropriate score. Okay. okay. Above the knee shorts. Only. <laughs> only, yeah. I mean,
1: that's where I'm at. Above the knee I mean, shorts. shorts. are, okay, above the knee shorts. Uh, I guess it's a 65. I mean, it's not like I'm thrilled with it, but it's my only option. I'm going 71.
2: Yeah. But it's either that or cargo shorts that are way too long. Yeah. And I don't Dude, think that's I'm, a preferable option.
1: I'm rocking um, plenty of these Levi's. Levi's shorts, jean shorts. Mm-hmm. Okay, it is above the knee. Mm-hmm. It's tastefully fitted. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's it's a cutoff, but it's it's hemmed up. It's like rolled up one time. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Chef's kiss. I was gonna say these are my I was, picturing,
2: shorts. I was picturing Eric's appearance at Fulton Brewery mm-hmm. where he was denim, denim, denim. Yeah. To the to the nines. Wow. And I they, actually and remember they w- that. You had a white I shirt,
1: open denim, short sleeve shirt, yeah. denim shorts, I did. and a denim
2: cap. No. and the and denim is, oh. <laughs> and denim earrings, yeah. even. Um, yeah. So, like the, the, but his his denim shorts would have been below the knee or like at the knee. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Jimbo, roll them up a couple of times, and then they're above the knee shorts. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I love it. I like them. I don't care about the score. Sixty five. Okay. I don't care.
0: Fried onions. I'm giving them a ninety six. Oh my god! Whoa whoa whoa. Cool.
2: whoa, 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 whoa! Are we talking about? Onion rings? Are we talking about like onion straws?
0: Like no, like like fried onions that you would put on a burger Mm -hmm. fried onions. Onion straws, like you throw you throw them on a pan and you fry them up and then you put them on whatever. Okay, so if you
2: want to do just do do Max Industrials. Hold on. So caramelized onions, or are you talking about breaded onions? Those are very different. Not breaded onions it's okay, so a caramelized onion,
0: yeah, but like they call it like if you go to a restaurant, they're like, do you want oh, raw onions or fried onions? I'm like, give me that yeah, right.
2: Okay. oh I, you know what? I'm gonna defer to Jimmy channels. He's the onion guy. He's the onion expert. I'll never give
1: anything onion related under an 80 so we're going to start there <laughs> as baseline. No. <laughs> this I mean the sauteed fried onions are not my favorite. I prefer either breaded onions which are just goddamn incredible. Or that's raw. in that's my high 90s right there. Or raw onions which is probably like a 90 whatever. So I think for me this is probably like an 89. Um cause, not my favorite big, necessarily my favorite way to get them. I don't I like them to either have some kind of crisp, like onions are crispy. That's a good thing to have in your sandwich. Why are you then mushing them up into a sauteed fried goop? You're, you're a texture guy. Nine texture ten.
2: matters a lot to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I it think does. you just haven't had the right um, prepared, like so- caramelized onions because they can be soft and crispy at the same time without being fried. Whoa, like there's a, there's a way to do this where you're like, OK, hold on. How am I Ryan, getting the best of both worlds without heat, frying them? You might need to bring this heat to the burger battle. That's Dude, it's coming to the it's coming to the burger battle, and you're going to be your mind is going to be like I don't I don't know how you did this, but it's amazing. Okay, all right. And I'm I, know I'm gonna, I know I'm going to get your vote. I'm already lobbying. I know I'm going to get your vote. You are, but I think okay. So I'm going to grade caramelized onions, and I'm grading them only because I have them on burgers all the time. They're a ninety, easy, mm, strong. Okay, we all like those. Okay, next up, uh, blended drinks. Woo! You
1: talking Margs, This is the 98. Oh. Yes, it's a 98. What? Blended drinks to me. What could be better than a hot day with real fruit, ice, maybe it's rum, maybe it's vodka, I don't give a shit, what's in there? Don't blend questions. it up and you drink it and guess what? You're also hydrating because of the ice. That's important. You can drink these all day outside and you can be wasted you'll still be relatively hydrated because you ate the equivalent of, I don't
2: know, 300 ice cubes. <laughs> what are you, were you the, uh, and probably like you, six full bananas. Are you the Marg King or the Dak King?
1: I am a Dak King. I'm a daiquiri okay. guy. I let people, other people make Margs, but I do make Palomas because I'm, I'm a grapefruit guy as well. He's a uh, Count Daku. <laughs> I like that a lot.
0: <laughs>
2: um, I and could the take, either, I could, I could take these or leave these like I'm not like I don't think like when I go to Florida, the first thing I want to order is a frozen strawberry daiquiri. You know, I, I mean, find uh, yourself a still, nice banana daiquiri. It'll blow your mind. They're, they're still really good. I'll go. I'll go 80. I'm going to go in the same score
0: as you with 80. I like that. That's what I was thinking. OK, I, I was so gonna I'm gonna a little high, high here, guys. I was going to be in the high 70s, but then, uh, uh yeah, Count Daku over here himself cocked me into adding a few points i'm up to an 80 but like right. if i
2: had my cho- if i had my choice if they're like well we have strawberry daiquiris or we have mojitos what would you like i'd be like i'll take a mojito every time
0: okay uh, next up uh freshly paved roads for biking skating and blading <laughs>
2: I, don't I don't do, do any of those things so i couldn't care yeah. less
0: oh, okay i'm sorry you've never done this in your life no, it is a yeah. great feeling. Yeah. Okay. I, used blade. You know? I used to rollerblade. I used
2: to rollerblade until I was called, you know, some racial or some, uh, you know, sexual orientated slurs. Stuff. Yeah. So, uh, you, you put your blades on, you're going
0: to a freshly paved road. Like, how good does that feel?
2: Yeah, well, it feels like we safer, used to play hockey on good. tennis courts, which was awesome. Oh, that sounds like fun.
0: I don't do um, these things really, but I would say just the feeling makes me feel nostalgic.
2: Like if you would have said freshly paved roads while driving in your car, I would have been like a 97. Right. But you said blading, biking, or skating. Yeah. I can't roller skate. Or, or, or razor sorry, I can't, scootering. Uh, you
1: mentioned razor scootering.
2: Ooh. Oh, I don't have one of those yet. I don't have Mm -hmm. Eric money for that. I'm just saying
0: anything that you do on a a flat, a fresh paved road, I mean, it's a for sure positive. I'm going to go with an 83.
1: That's strong. I'm going to go with a 75. I mean, I I would certainly, if I put on rollerblades and I got to the place that I was going to do my blading, I would really, really appreciate seeing some fresh, nice pavement because I would be scared. It'd be one less thing to worry about. I don't care. 75. All right.
2: Finally, guys, ground ground
1: fireworks. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> Ground you fireworks. Like, you mean like the stuff that like uh comes in a pack you light it and then it shoots stuff up or are you talking about like the snakes no just and, I mean,
0: they, they, it doesn't launch up 30 feet in there and explode it just shoots out like a stream of of maybe
1: six feet
2: yeah um i don't know my kids love that stuff i, I couldn't care less like i think it's It's quaint, uh, like a 65. It's fine. These are lame.
1: Waste of money. Stupid as fuck. Everybody's like, there'll be like one person at like the get together. That's like, okay, it's time for my fireworks. fireworks." I I got some fireworks in my car. So then we got to go stand around while this guy like lights these really bad fireworks and pretend we care. This is a negative for me. This is only, this is a 32. Dude, Um, no way. I was just about to say 32. Well, then you go, then we go with it, baby. It's 32.
2: Do you guys have a friend that's a the mortar time. Do you guys have a friend that's the mortar guy? No, that's my next door neighbor. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. So let's to be a little bit um, defensive on my score, I have a five and a three year old, right? So the ground fireworks that shoot up like some cool colorful stuff for like a minute straight is like the greatest thing they've ever seen. Okay. Right. So um, but I'm sure but like as most addicts go, we're gonna have to up the ante. Right. We're going to have to continue to buy like larger and larger things. And then I'm going to be the mortar guy, which is fine. Do you think
1: that someday you could be the mortar guy? I hope you are.
2: At the cabin. Yeah, for sure. We'll just, you know, launch all this stuff out on the dock and let's go. Okay.
1: Are you going to build like a rig with like PVC and wood and stuff like those people do?
2: Well, I wouldn't, but my brother-in-law might. Like he's, you know, as an engineer, he might be able to rig something up for us to have like a legitimate fireworks show. Well, get working on it. Um, I'm just the concept. I'm like Eric. I have the concepts. Execution, poor. Mm-hmm. Concepts, mm-hmm. 95%. So okay, I'll talk to him.
0: All right, guys. That's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Rating this episode of the Nordies Podcast, I'd give it a 97. Uh, tune into our sportscast where we will talk about the downfall of the wild. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it positive with some good stuff, though, too. Um, so until then, enjoy your long weekend. And uh, thanks for listening to the Nordies Podcast.